It's time for the Tri-County Equipment Get Stuck on Sports Podcast. Here are your hosts, Dennis Stuckey and Brady Beaton. All right, welcome aboard. More uh, high school football to talk about uh, today. Coach Matska is with us, and we're going to talk Algonac football. Uh, they weren't around last year. Nope. They're coming back this year, and we're really happy about that. Yes, we are. And I know a lot of people are interested to see what goes into that decision because that's not an easy decision to make for anyone. No. That is kind of DEFCON 1, and now we're in the rebuilding phase, the healing phase with this. And it's I'm excited to talk to Coach Matska. I'm excited to hear the story of Algonac football this past year because we did miss them, and it also just means football is getting a little closer, too. Yeah, so Coach Nick Matska joins us next here on the program. Every piece of land has a story written by those who work it, like the Nelsons, who cruise around their ranch on a John Deere Gator XUV835R. With 3,000 acres, there's plenty of work to do. It's all about efficiency. That's how they've kept their ranch going for five generations. We wouldn't be in ranching without the Gator. Run with us on a Gator XUV835R and start telling your story. Contact one of Tri-County Equipment's locations in Auburn Hills, Badax, Birch Run, Burton, Carroll, Fenton, Lapeer, Marlette, Reese, Saginaw, or Sandusky, or visit Tri-County Equipment online at tricountyequipment.com. Brady Bean here again to tell you about TP Logos. TP Logos has everything you could want when it comes to local high school apparel. Head to their store at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville and check out their brand new extended showroom. Their already impressive selection has now doubled. I guarantee guarantee if you go into TP Logos, you will find something you love for your local team. If they don't have what you like, they'll custom make something just for you. That's TP Logos at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville. Mattress King has been locally owned and operated for over 40 years. With locations in Port Huron, Richmond, Lapeer, Chesterfield, and Hall Road, they are the best one-stop shop for your sleeping and mattress needs. Mattress King carries all the top brands such as Serta, Stearns & Foster, Sealy, iComfort, and Tempur-Pedic. Not only do they have the best prices and best service in the area backed by hundreds of five-star reviews, they also offer interest-free financing and no-credit check programs for those with less than stellar credit. Once you get your mattress, they offer free local delivery on all purchases $6.99 and up. When you think sleep, think Mattress King. Fransic Water Conditioning, your authorized independent Connecticut dealer, wants you to get the ball rolling to better living through better water. It's good to know you have someone in your corner with a full line of whole house and at-the-sink filtering systems. Call 800-848-5150 to schedule your free in-home water analysis and plumbing audit. The best quality water is within reach with Fransic Water Conditioning and Connecticut. Call us at 800 848 Dara Clean by Bachelor has been faithfully serving the Blue Water area for over 25 years. Whether you are commercial or residential, if you need carpet cleaning, stain removal, upholstered furniture, drapery, or air duct cleaning, call Dara Clean by Bachelor at 810-982-7044 and talk to Mike about their aerated foam process that allows carpet and furniture to dry quickly. From pet stains to odor removal to water damage cleaning and restoration, there's only one call you need to make. Dara Clean by Bachelor, 810-982. 7044 Duraclean by Bachelor. Hello, this is Tim Sheridan, owner of Sheridan Real Estate and Insurance in Lexington. A family tradition that started back in 1925 with Grandpa Sheridan. Promoting trust, care, and excellence, Sheridan is dedicated to understanding and taking care of all your needs. Respected throughout the community and dedicated, Sheridan is a proud supporter of local activities like high school athletics. For all your real estate and insurance needs, please go to our website at SheridanAgency.com. 
Dine out with the feel of being at home when you visit the Hogtown Tavern in Melvin. Come for the food and stay for the family atmosphere. Try all of Chef Susie's world-famous homemade soups and sauces. Open Tuesday through Sunday at 8 a.m. for breakfast, lunch, or dinner. The Hogtown Tavern in Melvin also does carry-out. Call 810-378-5565. Whether you want a great steak or their delicious fettuccine Alfredo, they have a menu for all tastes with daily specials. So come to the place where no one is a stranger, the Hogtown Tavern in Melvin. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. All right, welcome back. Uh, Dennis and Brady joined by Nick Matska, who is the head coach at Algonac, and uh, football is back at Algonac. That's the good news and the best way to uh, to start the, the podcast uh, today. Congratulations, Coach, and thanks for coming in. Thank you very much. I just uh, want to start off by saying thank you for having us. Thank you for the continued support throughout the year. Uh, it has been a, a difficult 365 days, and uh, good news is for everybody that, that we're, we're, we're bouncing back. We will have our varsity season ready to go. We've had good numbers this summer, and we're, we're excited. Well, before we get into all the positive stuff, let's at least talk a little bit about last year and the decision to cancel the season Absolutely. because that's something that's very unique and is not an easy decision to make as a coach, as an administration, for, for any program. But go into what happened. This time last year, you knew you had lower numbers, and what was kind of the thought process as you were getting closer to camp? Because you didn't cancel until what, like the week of the first game, basically? Yeah. So take us through that timeline a little bit. Yeah, no problem. So um, I got hired um, the very beginning of June. I had about six school days to get myself acclimated to the kids, get the schedule out. Um, I printed off uh, rosters of each grade, um, the 11th and 12th grade. We started kind of behind the eight ball just with the fact that our, our two classes were, had super low numbers. Mm-hmm. We were only talking about less than 100 kids per class. Um, we really struggled over the summer to try to get guys, and we, we tried to delay it as much as possible. We, we competed in a 7-on-7. We went to Marine City. We were able to get enough through kind of using some ninth and 10th graders to, to compete with them. Uh, we 7-on-7 against Mooney. Um, they did a really good job. So we, we held out hope. Two-a-days came. We had very, very low numbers. We only had six um, varsity type. And I say that because 11th and 12th graders are, for the most part, prepared to play varsity physically, mentally. Right. Um, the, the problem is is 9th and 10th graders aren't always those kids. And for as much as we bring 9th and 10th graders up, they have to fit certain criteria. And every coach has that criteria, but it has to start with the physicality. They have Their bodies have to be ready for it. And when we looked at our freshman, sophomore class, we did not have a ton of those guys. We did not have guys that, that our coaching staff felt comfortable asking them to come up to play middle linebacker and tackle and you know all the positions necessary to compete in a very physical BWAC. And so we continued to recruit. We had a couple more trickle in throughout the week. We went up to our preseason scrimmage. We took 12 guys. Um, we competed. Uh, they took three very, very good programs up there. Uh, but by the end of it, we had a couple banged up. And as an administration, we sat down on Saturday morning and talked about it, tried to decide what the best route was. And with administration support, we decided that we were just going to keep the JV team. Um, and we we brought the seniors in by themselves on um, that Sunday. 
and broke the news to him. I, I, it was a very, very difficult conversation in my 20 years of coaching, probably the toughest conversation I've ever had. Um, while kids, I think they understood, it was still uh, you to a football player, you take away their senior year, it's like ripping out their soul. Right. So, well, and I guess that kind of goes with sports are they, they mirror life. Sometimes sure. life isn't fair. Sure. And those seniors did nothing wrong. No. But ultimately, you knew for the betterment of the program to protect those young kids that you had to make that choice. And yeah, I couldn't imagine that was an easy decision to come to. And it, from what you're saying, it sounds like you exhausted basically every other possibility. We, we truly did. And I knew, again, I, I go back to when I played, and we every single you know old school football player can remember to the day when they took the helmet off for the last time, when they finished competing. And, you know, it, it was a tough, tough, soul-searching type of conversation where um, we wanted to make sure that we had turned over every leaf. We called guys. We, you know, I was uh, on doorsteps. Uh, knocking on doors, asking kids if they wanted to play, try to save something, um, try to create something for them. And uh, it, it just it, it didn't end up working out. Because it was kind of like the at the last uh, – you couldn't wait any longer to make the, the decision at, at that point because I, I remember we, we were sitting there going, well, we're here and Algonac's going to play. We're here and Algonac's going to play. And then when we get word like just before week one – that you're not because it doesn't only affect Algonac, but it affects the other seven teams Absolutely. in the BWAC. I, I felt, you know, uh, beyond the conversation with the seniors, having to call Vassar, who was preparing for us week one, and find right. out on Sunday they've just lost a game. They're trying to win a conference. And, you know, a non-conference game before their conference schedule is super important. And so, you know, all the way around, even Elmont week two, all of a sudden having to turn around and find a game felt bad for the whole BWAC and, you know, Fortunately for the BWAC, teams were able to kind of step up and, and fill their the hole in the schedule, but uh, it, it was tough. So you make the decision, we're not going to have a varsity team. We're going to try to use this as basically, essentially you hit the reset button. So you make that decision on Saturday, but you're still the coach, you still have a JV program, and this is uncharted waters. So, okay, you make the very tough decision, you have the conversations, and then you sit there and you go, all right, what's next? How do we make this work with just a JV schedule? And how do we build this up so that where we are now, you're getting ready for a varsity season? Well, the, the first thing is if you look at the programs in the high school, we have a wrestling program that's one of the top wrestling programs in the state of Michigan. Right. There, there's no doubt about it. And so um, we have that. Our, our baseball program last year was coming off of a quarterfinals appearance and had state title aspirations this year. And so there, there's athletes in the school. The problem is they didn't play football. And so our mission turned to, after trying to make sure that we, we got seniors and juniors, was to try to convince them that this program was something that would benefit them. It's something that they would look back on and remember fondly. And we put a hundred percent of our attention into the JV. We had an open door policy, which basically meant that even though we were in season, if somebody kind of had the, the idea that they wanted to come out and give it a shot, come on out. And, and we did that. Our first, our first game in Vassar in terms of ninth and 10th graders, we took, I, I believe it was in the low twenties. When we finished week nine, we finished the JV season with over 40 kids. So that helped built a lot of momentum going into the off season and then, like I said, with that small class coming out and an eighth grade class coming in, we were able to improve our numbers that way too. It's been a few years since the, that amazing 15 through 17 run. 
A lot of kids in the high school, they were pretty young when that happened, so it's not fresh in their minds. When you're trying to sell a kid on a program that's kind of, uh, is down on its luck, I mean, you just had to cancel the season, what do you say to that kid to try to convince them to come out and play football? I, I think you focus not so much on the wins and losses, but the experiences that you can have. Um, talking about you know how much you care for them, how much um, athletically what it means to, to come out of the locker room on a Friday night, um, it doesn't matter where your program's at. When you come out at, at 6:55 and you know you play the national anthem, and, and that's that that raises the hair on your the back of your neck. Like it's it's a real moment, and, and try to make these kids kind of feel that. Um, again, with the support we've had, we we had tremendous support when all this happened. We, you know, I put out a Facebook post that tried to detail it without going into too much, you know, minute detail, but just enough detail for, for people to understand where we were at. Received so much support. So many different alumni called, reached out, kind of understood. And I, I think that understanding went a long way for the coaching staff and the administration. Um, that, that really helped. And, uh, you know, it's just one day at a time and, and try to reach these kids and, and make them feel like they belong out on the football field just as much as they belong on the wrestling mat, the basketball court, the baseball field, all that stuff. So with nobody really having any varsity experience coming in this year, how do you reload? Well, we a lot of, a lot of simulation and practice, a lot of situational type stuff. Um, the, the good news about our conference is even at the JV level, the JV BWAC schedule is still very physical. It's mm -hmm. very tough. So them getting that experience last year, getting on the field, um, really, really helped. We draw on a lot of, of situations from other sports. I mean, while these kids haven't played varsity football, we have state qualifiers in wrestling. We have uh, state championship. We have five guys that played in the state championship game this past week. Right. And so – I think athletics is athletics when it comes down to it. You're still talking about the same nerves, the same abilities. You know, you're doing things a little differently, but you're still just drawing on, on talent and athleticism at the end of the day. Well, All right, Brady, yeah, I'm, I'm going to take a quick break here. We're going to change out coaches, Mike, uh, and uh, then we'll get back to it. Every piece of land has a story written by those who work it, like the Nelsons, who cruise around their ranch on a John Deere Gator XUV835R. With 3,000 acres, there's plenty of work to do. It's all about efficiency. That's how they've kept their ranch going for five generations. We wouldn't be in ranching without the Gator. Run with us on a Gator XUV835R and start telling your story. Contact one of Tri-County Equipment's locations in Auburn Hills, Badaxe, Birch Run, Burton, Carroll, Fenton, Lapeer, Marlette, Reese, Saginaw, or Sandusky, or visit Tri-County Equipment online at tricountyequipment.com. Do you have the right financial advisor to help you reach your goals? Ameriprise Advisors can create a personalized, goal-based plan to help you prepare for whatever life brings, so you can feel more confident about your financial future. Call Ameriprise Financial Advisor Dave Betts today at 810-987-5370. That's 810-987-5370. Office is located at 527 Huron Avenue, Port here in Michigan. Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC. Member FINRA and SIPC. DB Smokehouse has the best barbecue in the blue. Brisket, pork, and sausage, you're guaranteed to not be disappointed. Located in the parking lot of Pete's Camping Service on Lapeer, it's DB Smokehouse. Open Thursday through Saturday from 11 until the barbecue's gone. And DB's does catering. 
whether you're feeding 10 or 200, call DB Smokehouse. Get what you need at 810-689-0448 and like them on Facebook to see if they're open on Sunday. It's DB Smokehouse. Mattress King has been locally owned and operated for over 40 years. With locations in Port Huron, Richmond, Lapeer, Chesterfield, and Hall Road, they are the best one-stop shop for your sleeping and mattress needs. Mattress King carries all the top brands such as Serta, Stearns & Foster, Sealy, iComfort, and Tempur-Pedic. Not only do they have the best prices and best service in the area backed by hundreds of five-star reviews, they also offer interest-free financing and no-credit check programs for those with less than stellar credit. Once you get your mattress, they offer free local delivery on all purchases $6.99 and up. When you think sleep, think Mattress King. Preferred Seamless Gutters in Emily City has been family-owned and operated since 1997. In-house employees, when you call Preferred, you get Preferred. At Preferred, they manufacture all components, making them the warehouse. This ensures prompt installation from Preferred's well-trained and courteous staff, serving St. Clair, Sanilac, Genesee, and northern Macomb counties. Give Melissa a call and she'll be happy to schedule a quote. No high-pressure sales, just great service from Preferred Seamless Gutters in Imlay City. Call 800-964-6613 today. Are you getting out of a lease or ready to trade in your vehicle? Stop by Jepson Car Company and we'll be here to assist you. We are constantly buying out lease vehicles and almost always putting money into your pocket. No matter what you owe, we can help. If you don't see your perfect vehicle in our lot, we will help you find it. Our purchasing team has decades of experience to help find the vehicle that is best for you. Call Jepson today at 810-662-3048 or stop by at 5277 Gratiot Avenue in St. Clair. This is Nash Phillips. I'm a class of 2022 senior and varsity football player at Port Huron High. As a Port Huron School student, I get to experience an education with the most athletic, extracurricular, and academic opportunities in the region. The district provides personal success for all students because each Port Huron School's journey is unique and special. I know I am supported by my teachers and everyone in the district, both in the classroom and on the football field. I also know they care about my well-being each and every day. Port Huron Schools have prepared me for anything I choose to do with my future. Please go to www.phasd.us and our social media for the latest updates on Port Huron Schools. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. Um, as we try to work through some issues. It's been that kind of a day. Yes, you're starting this season anew. When did you realize in this offseason that you're going to have a, health, a healthy program, you're going to get the numbers back up, and you feel very confident that you're going to have a 2023 season and hopefully a successful one. Sure. So uh, one of the deals that we talked about um, when we canceled the season with our superintendent, our athletic director, the principal, is we're going to meet regularly and make sure we're all on the same page, that that we all kind of have the same the same expectations. And first thing I did is I created a two-year plan. And right. I, I, I told everybody I saw kind of what that looked like last year moving into this year, um, in month by month, uh, level by level. And so sticking to that was important to me. We uh, finished the season last year, and the one thing that more than anything, and I, I t- told every single coach this, was we needed to retain players. Mm-hmm. We wanted to make sure when the season ended that we got these guys back, that we knew that this was our foundation. And so 
Uh, we conducted kind of exit interviews at the end of the season when they turned their pads in. We sat down one-on-one with them mm-hmm. because there's a lot of different directions that those guys could have gone. Some of them we see as JV starters. Some of them we see as varsity backups. Some of right. them we say, you know, you're the dude right. on the varsity level next year. And I think it was important to identify that right away. And so through that and kind of the first wave of recruitment through the school, we had about 80 potential players just at the JV varsity level. Right. And again, the momentum was high and I knew that number was inflated, but that made me feel, okay, we're on to something here. It's not going to be a multi-year thing. And so as we moved into the winter in the weight room, um, Real quick shout out to our sports boosters. Over the course of a year and a half, they they raised over $100,000 and built us a brand new weight room, which uh, got completed over Christmas. And so with that, which was just a little bit extra motivation for kids, but we were seeing 25, 30 kids in the weight room every day after school, whether they're playing a winter sport or not. And so that, that kind of, again, was eye-opening to understand that, okay, we're not really sure where we're going to be, but we know that we're going to have our teams and, and life's going to go on like normal uh, from that point forward. You know, I think the, the you mentioned the weight room. You know, there's some cool stuff going on at Algonac, and there is support. Like baseball got the dugout mm-hmm. and the, the, the little clubhouse, clubhouse uh, in, in the back. So they will support you. Um, absolutely. there There's absolutely no doubt about it. Um, w- one example of that, um, you know, everybody thinks football when they think, you know, the, the, the game and the homecoming and all that stuff. But there's so many different dynamics that got affected by us canceling. The band lost their, their presentations on right. Friday nights. The cheerleaders who have been preparing all of a sudden didn't have a Friday night. And so it, it was widespread, and we did whatever we could. We had several football moms step up and we uh the, these JV kids were they were treated like kings it was the they may be the the best treated JV team on the planet uh, we had team meals every every Wednesday before our Thursday games we made sure we included the the cheerleaders whenever we could the band performed for them on Thursday nights uh, they had tunnels they were kind of a focus of our homecoming assembly but uh even the parents we put a tailgate together um, on Friday night, which would have been our homecoming game. And uh, instead of having a football game, we played the powder puff game that night. So we, we probably had several hundred parents at this tailgate. Um, local businesses, uh, um, the McGraths came and uh, put on a, a bunch of spread food, hot dogs. They made some brisket. It was, like I said, the support's unbelievable. You know, and, and I, I'm, I'm going to be the only person who says this. I like your field. I like the swamp. I love it. And our I field. think the swamp can be a great home field Absolutely. advantage. Absolutely. Um, and, and, and I love that it's still grass. Yes. Yep. Uh, it, it's, I can, I've called it my sanctuary for a very, very long time. Even as a kid, I'd try to sneak on there and throw routes and do kinds of stuff. And, and uh, it, it's set off kind of in the woods a little bit. You're surrounded mostly by woods. And it, it's a really cool spot. When, you know, when we were winning games, we had the, the fire department there and, uh, anybody knows that got scored on that thing gets pretty pretty loud. So, <laughs> all right. So this summer you're getting prepared. What's it been like in the summer? If you had the kids buy in, I know you've been doing seven on sevens. Has the new weight room been getting good use out of it so far this yeah, summer? Yeah, weight weight room has been good. Seven on sevens have been very good. The, far, the seven on sevens have exceeded my expectations um, because we're still kind of one program. All these guys were teammates all last year. Uh, we, we did a good job of including 
especially the 10th graders, but even a couple ninth graders into our seven on sevens. Uh, we've been able to bring in the low twenties, just skill guys to our seven on sevens. And so, um, they're, they're able to, to run our scheme and do our stuff. Um, we we're doing a defensive camp right now where, um, kids are kind of learning the defense a little bit. And we had, we had 50 some kids there too. So, um, like I said, we're, we're really encouraged about the participation of our kids. So realistically, um, what are we talking about here this year when you field a varsity team? How many kids do you hope to have on the sideline? So the, the, the number varies tremendously, and, you know, <laughs> probably any coach feels this, but the roller coaster of emotions it goes through as you talk to kids. But uh, I can safely say that we'll be in the mid to, mid-20s to mid on the varsity level and then right about that, maybe even a little bit higher on the JV level. And then you have other options too because you, you've got the, the – rule where you could fifth bring quarter. up a yeah guy well, we, we do have the fifth quarter, quarter too so um if we're stuck in spots there are there are some 10th graders that if we were desperate this year physically they've gotten to a point where they could contribute to us a little bit but our, our goal is to let those ninth and 10th graders play you know have a good jv season get themselves confident and know that when they step into 11th grade they're ready to go so you're getting ready what's that feeling going to be like you open on the road so after a year off, you have to travel to Vassar first. But how special is it going to be on the 31st when you bring it, when Almont comes to town and it's almost like the homecoming game just because you're back. Like sure. you get the, the, foot, the varsity football back Friday night lights for the first time in a couple years. How special is that going to be just kicking that game off and being able to put on a game for, for the Algonac Muskrat faithful? I, I cannot wait since, you know, the day I've been high, I, I'm not, I'm, that's not even true. Since I was in high school, this has always been, I, I've wanted to be an educator. I wanted to be a coach. Um, the, the, the opportunity to, to coach my, my alma mater and, and be able to lead them. I'm so excited. And that first game is going to be special uh, for a thousand reasons, but mostly because it's been two years since we've been able to do that at home for our fans. Yeah. You're not new to this. Um, because you were part of Coach Barnhart's staff. Yes. Correct? Yep. Yep. And, um, and that was a very successful run that that group had. Yes, it was. It was I, honestly the, that three-year run was really, really cool. The, even the year leading leading up to that, the year after that, we were right there. We were competing, and you know, we, we talk about whether or not it's a class or a program, and we had truly built a program, and we believe that, and and it was fun to be a part of that. It was fun to have our community be a part of that the amount of signs, the amount of, uh, of support, people, you know, wishing us good luck, the, the police rides, um, back from away games. And it was just, it was unbelievable. I remember going out to Frankenmuth on a really cold, uh, yeah, it was a cold day. that was a really good game though. Yes, it was. Yeah. So with that three year, it's been proven Algonac can be not just a contender in the GLIAC or the GLIAC, the BWAC, but in those three years, you were one of the classes of the BWAC. I mean, you were losing maybe a conference game a year, and that was a nail-biter. Does it help that there's at least some history so that the kids can look back and go, hey, there was a stretch where Algonac was at the top of the area and draw from that and have something to aim to get back to? Yeah, I, I like to think so. Um, we, the the I was the JV coach and helped with the varsity. We had a system where – uh, the JV coaches were were still position coaches on the varsity. The the guy that called the JV defense, John Seifert, um, he he worked hand in hand with Jeff Smith, who was the defensive coordinator of the varsity. 
So when Jeff left last year, uh, John took over as the defensive coordinator of the varsity. And so we still have such a, a close-knit group of those people. We have a lot of the alumni, a lot of those guys that were around um, are, are coming back. They're talking to these kids. We're able to get uh, Brendan Piper, who was our quarterback on the 16 team that went to the semis. He's coaching at the middle school level. Um, uh, A.J. Garshot, who uh, was the quarterback of the 15 team, he's going to be helping with the varsity quarterbacks a little bit. And so our, our kids seeing these guys and seeing how important it was and how, how cool it is to come back and be a part of it, I think has really kind of juiced it up a little bit. So you were obviously a part of those teams and – you need players. You need the, the the dudes to get it done. But what was going right for Algonac? What clicked in that three-year span that was able to take a program that hadn't had a winning season in a long time up to that point, not just to a winning season, but to a game away from Ford Field at one point? It's a great question. Um, <laughs> running our system, understanding our system, those kids, by the time we got to that point, Coach Barnard had been around for, I think that was his fourth year, so they, they grew up running our system. I think that helps. The depth, I, 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 as important as it is, you go into a varsity game and you don't have every starter. You don't have all right. those guys hanging on the, the first line of your depth chart every single week. And having guys that you can rely on week to week to be able to step in in a tough situation and have that experience. And then lastly, I really believe – Football is about confidence. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you could tell the demeanor had changed that night we beat Marine City um, in 15, where instead of just being Algonac, we were Algonac who just beat uh, state power. Right. And and from there on, playing with confidence does a does a lot for you on the football field. Well, I was, again, being in the media at the time when that score came through, you know, your first reaction is, oh, that's not right. <laughs> like no, that that two is a twenty-eight. Sure, you know Mar Marine City didn't lose that game, and then when you finally realize Algonac won that game, you're like, oh, either Algonac's really good this year, or Marine City's going to have a really bad year. And when they start winning after that, and you keep on winning after that, you realize, you know, you guys had something going on. Sure, and that's a perfect example. If you go back one season before. We, we had a lot of sophomores up, but we were one and eight. Right. And it was, for the most part, it was the same guys. We lost, we lost a couple seniors that year, but it was a lot of the same guys. And it's just, you play with a little bit more confidence. You devote time to the weight room. You, you know, you become more physically able to play the game and the sky's the limit. Right, and that's the confidence you're trying to reinstall. You're Absolutely. trying to get to step one yes. of that program now. And I guess at least being part of it, you know what the blueprint is. You've seen Algonac have success. You've seen that jersey have success. One thing Dennis and I always talk about is the brand. Like, if you're playing Detroit Country Day, and it doesn't matter if you're playing them in checkers or you're playing them in football, baseball, whatever, you're just going to expect them to be good yes. because of what it is. Yes. And it seems like Algonac... In other sports, you mentioned wrestling, you mentioned baseball. Heck, it can just be school-wide, even with softball. Just that brand of winning that no matter what you expect to do, when you put on a muskrat jersey, you're expecting to win. Sure, yeah. And like I said, the, the belief in that is huge. And uh, we're trying so hard to feed off the success in other sports and understand that we're not asking for things that are crazy. I remember 
15 years ago, if I would have said state championship in the city of Algonac, people would have thought I was nuts right? because it just seems so far-fetched. And all of a sudden, because we've proven that, that that's potentially there, now all of a sudden people start to believe that. And, and you know, like I said, it's as much as, as hard as they want to work, as much success as they want, it's there for them. Well, it, it can be done. I'll use softball as an example. It wasn't that long ago. I was at a district, and the the pitcher was literally lobbing the ball up to the plate just to throw a strike, and the, you know the girls were teeing off on it. And now, Kennebaum Marino steps on the mound, and nobody touches the ball sure. for the first six innings of the game, and sure. then somebody lays down a bunt just so they can make contact. Absolutely, um, it can change that quickly. Yeah. So that's my next question is. I know you, the, the coaching staff and you are working hard, but part of the recruiting are the kids themselves. Sure. So who are the guys that are going through the hallway saying, hey, man, we're playing football this year. Why aren't you coming out? Yeah, so um, we, we started this with Coach Barnier, Barnhart's tenure, but um, we, we identify captains at the end of the season. I thought that's important because – you need to have the leadership outside of the season to make sure that things are going well. So it's a voting system and we take the top couple contenders and we name them kind of like off season captains. And then from there, we actually have almost like a fantasy draft where each captain picks their team from, from all the players that we have around and they're kind of in charge of those guys and they get points for, is your guy, your team showing up in the weight room? Are your guys right. showing up? you know, for these workouts or for seven on sevens all the way through this will last up until, till our scrimmage. And then at that point we have six of them right now, at that point, that number will turn to three and we'll have three captains this season. So the captains are working towards something, but those are also the guys that, that are in the hallway that are motivating them, that are sending the text messages so that it's not just coach driven. And I guess to draw on an, an example from another program, not too far from you that was kind of dormant and then had success. Cardinal Mooney winning will definitely get oh, kids. Oh, for in. sure. Like that's the no doubt. I mean, when we talked to Coach Cannell after they were they hadn't been good in a long time, they started to be good. Hey, week two, week three, kids are going. Actually, football does seem like it can be fun because mm -hmm. let's be honest, winning's a lot of fun. Sure. Yep. Yeah. And not not having that, and it's you know it's that it's a tough situation where when you haven't won, you can't use that as a recruiting right. tool and you can't necessarily when that's you can't, but it's hard to win if you're not getting those guys out. And so that's where you're really relying on the relationships. You're really relying on all these other things we talked about. And then when we start to see that success, they come out. It's a reason why we ended with 40 JV guys last right. year. If we would have gone one and eight on the JV schedule last year, we wouldn't have had 40 guys, mm -hmm. but we finished six and three. We won some close games. We beat some very, very good programs and these kids kind of saw that there's opportunities. Now, I think in the last segment, we're going to talk a lot about the BWAC. Okay. Because right. th this is a really good league with a lot of good football programs Absolutely. right now. So, uh, realistically, uh, I'd love it if you came in and you went 8-1 and one this year. But <laughs> I'm not expecting it. But, like, what's a realistic goal uh, and, and what would be a, a goal that you think – the, that the kids at school will go, well, you know, considering our league, we did pretty good this year. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, uh, the BWAC, like you said, the BWAC is every single week it, you're facing an opponent that is very, very physical. 
that is very tough. Um, it's evolved a little bit over the last six, seven years. Um, it, there's a lot of different dynamics. Teams are doing a lot of different things lately. And so we've got to be prepared. Um, the, the goal is for us is to make sure we focus so much on technique, so much on doing things the right way. We are not the biggest team in the BWAC. I don't know that we ever will be. We're not going to probably be the most talented team either. And the kids know that, but we really preach technique, doing things the right way, whether you're a, you know, you're a three tech or you're a safety or you're a split end, there's the right way to do it. And then maybe the easy way to do it or, or a different way to do it. And if we're able to do that and focus on it, I think the wins are going to come. I, I, I truly believe that. And our goal, you know, from day one is always, we want to get in the playoffs mm -hmm. and that's, that that's where we're focused on it is is getting into the playoffs and then from there it's we'll prepare every single week and we'll rely on our technique and we'll see how far we can go but we're not necessarily thinking that we're happy by putting shoulder pads and helmets on and going to right. play football we well, our expectations are a little bit higher than that for sure all right we'll take a, a break and then we'll come back with more with coach Matska. Brady Bean here again to tell you about TP Logos. TP Logos has everything you could want when it comes to local high school apparel. Head to their store at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville and check out their brand new extended showroom. Their already impressive selection has now doubled. I guarantee if you go into TP Logos, you will find something you love for your local team. If they don't have what you like, they'll custom make something just for you. That's TP Logos at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville. Fransic Water Conditioning, your authorized independent Connecticut dealer, wants you to get the ball rolling to better living through better water. It's good to know you have someone in your corner with a full line of whole house and at-the-sink filtering systems. Call 800-848-5150 to schedule your free in-home water analysis and plumbing audit. The best quality water is within reach with Fransic Water Conditioning and Connecticut. Call us at 800-848-5150. 51. Overhead Door Company of St. Clair County has been serving the community for over 30 years. Located at 5400 Lapeer Road in Kimball, Overhead Doors are the premier choice for durability, serviceability, and hassle-free performance for commercial and industrial doors. Overhead Doors boasts a complete selection of performance and safety-tested commercial and industrial upward-acting doors and manufacture a wide array of styles to meet your needs. Overhead Door Company of St. Clair County, 5400 Lapeer Road in Kimball, call 810 987-2185. We welcome you to make Port Huron Schools your district of choice. Your child will experience an education with the most athletic, extracurricular, and academic opportunities in the region at Port Huron Schools. We specialize in providing personalized success for all students because each Port Huron Schools journey is unique and special. This year, more than ever, we truly appreciate our families and would like to thank them for their continued support. Please go to www.phasd.us and our social media for the latest updates on Port Huron Schools. Finding that missing shin guard. Remembering whether it's a home or away game. Getting the right kid to the right playing field on the right day. Why are simple things sometimes so complicated? Thankfully, with auto owners, insurance doesn't have to be one of them. We work with independent agents who keep insurance simple so you can worry about more important things, like not being that fan. Oh, come on, ref! That's simple human sense. 
For all your real estate and insurance needs, please go to our website at SheridanAgency.com. DB Smokehouse has the best barbecue in the blue. Brisket, pork, and sausage, you're guaranteed to not be disappointed. Located in the parking lot of Pete's Camping Service on Lapeer, it's DB Smokehouse. Open Thursday through Saturday from 11 until the barbecue's gone. And DB's does catering. Whether you're feeding 10 or 200, call DB Smokehouse. Get what you need at 810-689-0448. And like them on Facebook to see if they're open on Sunday. It's DB Smokehouse. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. All right, welcome back. Dennis and Brady with Coach Nick Matska talking uh, Elkanak uh, football. And in this segment, Coach, I wanted to focus a little bit more on the uh, the BWAC. Before, Bra- Brady before and I have been campaigning. BWAC, yeah, go ahead. I do want you to give it, have an opportunity to shout out some of the kids that have been leading the charge back. Some of the guys that, if we go see an Algonac football game, for everyone else in the BWAC, whether it's Armada, MLA City, whoever, when Algonac comes to town or they come down to the swamp, who are some of the names that they should know when they look at the roster? Be like, all right, I need to look out for this. Sure. Kid. Um, so we're gonna have we're gonna have a, a a real good skill player. His brother played three years on the varsity, or what would have been three years. Um, Hunter Phillips. Hunter Phillips is a dynamic player. Um, he he led us in almost every offensive category last year on the JV. Uh, we're really really excited him. He'll be a, he'll be a junior this year. Um, so he's he's gonna be lined up in the slot a little bit. He'll be lined up at split end. Um, defensively, we're going to move around a little bit. So we're super excited about him. Um, we're getting, uh, a player back. He played as a freshman, a sophomore, had really, really good success. Um, kind of focused on wrestling a little bit last year, but David Clemens will be back. Uh, he'll be in the backfield. He'll be an outside linebacker for us. We're looking for really, really big things out of him. We're excited to have him back. Um, Bryce Simpson, another guy that wasn't real sure he wanted to play last year. Um, I had some conversations with him. He said he'd think about it, and we finally got him. Um, after week one, I believe, he came out. He's been a great leader for us. Um, he'll be a junior this year. We're going to have him playing some linebacker. We're going to move him around a little bit. He may be on the offensive line. Uh, we may use him a little bit at tight end. Um, so we're, we're big things out of him. And uh, we, we still have a little bit of a competition at quarterback, but um, Cole Thaler's in the mix. He's going to be a right. sophomore this year. Uh, had a great, great JV season last year. We, as a youth kid, um, he's a coach's son, uh, Coach mm-hmm. Thaler. He coaches the varsity baseball team. I, I've been co- coaching football with Coach Thaler since they moved down from Farwell uh, back in 2012. Um, and so we're excited to have him around. Um, I see him competing to start at the varsity level. And, uh, yeah, we're going to be hopefully very, very dynamic there. All right, sorry, I didn't mean to jump in. No, that's no, I got you. I, I appreciate being able to yeah, plug those no, guys, I, and they're working I know hard. And a lot of those kids work hard, and there's not last year to go off of for us or right, for anyone yeah, right. else. So it's like I said. I think I said you off the air. It's almost like you're coaching an expansion team sure. in pro where there's yeah there's history before. It's like when the Cleveland Browns came back. It's a new set of the, it's a the new, new era Muscats. of Alcanac football. Yeah, and. For better or for worse, I think that 2022 season will always be used as kind of the benchmark, the before and after, and how it helped or didn't or whatever happens in the next however many years. But anyway, on to the BYU. Yeah, no, no, no and uh, like it, it's nice to recognize a couple of the names too right. and go, okay, they're athletes, sure. they're good at other sports. Sure, right. Yeah, you know, we've seen this guy, we know this name. 
Um, yeah, let, let's talk a little bit about BWAC football because uh, Brady and I have been campaigning since we started Get Stuck on Sports that we think in football the BWAC is a pretty tough league. Kind of feel a little let down about our playoff results. Right. But um, I know I know this, that every year it seems like there's four to five teams that have a chance to make the playoffs. Sure. Um, and four to five teams that are in the mix in week seven to win the league title. Sure. And a lot of years you get two, maybe three teams that end up sharing the title. Sure. It's a tough league. You guys beat each other brains out. Absolutely. And usually uh, it, it's very realistic that the top team or two um, have state title aspirations and have ch- good chances to be able to take that. And, right. you know, we haven't gotten it yet, but we've, we've knocked on the door a couple times. It's a, it's a great conference. I'm a little biased, but it's <laughs> it, physically, I think it's as, as physical, as, as talent-driven as any conference in the state. Well, And as good as the programs have been, there hasn't been a dominant team in the last seven or so years. Go back to 2016. Richmond won it. Then you guys at Algonac won it. Yep. Then Almont went back-to-back in 1819. North Branch in 20. Croslex in 21. And then Armada got a share of it in 22. So that's six teams of the eight, well, I guess nine members in that time. Sure. So two-thirds of the teams in the past, what what did I say, seven years, yeah. have gotten at least a share of the conference right, title. Right, You're not going to find any more parity across the state in any league. No, no. And as you look at those, that that's not to say that those other teams that you're naming are terrible teams the other couple of years. It's just you, you get a class that kind of puts you over the top, but right. every single week you have a team that – that very well can win a football game. There, there's no doubt about it. And, you know, fortunately you have t- classes come through that have just a little bit more talent and we've seen it kind of spread across six teams over the last seven or eight years. And, and it just means that every Friday night you're looking to, 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 to play good football. Yeah. Well, I love the eight team league. I think that's the perfect size for a league. Sure. Uh, and really it starts in week one of league play kind of, Okay, these games are big, right? It's like these games are going to have a determination in the final standings. Yeah. Like these guys need to win this game because next week they're here, and if they start zero and two, they're already out of the race. And we thought they might win the whole thing. Sure. Like it's yeah. that you you kind of look at the schedule and go, oh geez, you know these are all big games, right? I, I like to compare it. I know it's kind of a weird comparison, but it, it's almost like Big Ten basketball. Right. where big-time basketball doesn't see a ton of success. You're not winning national champions, but it's a physical brand of basketball, and they're just they're beating each other up all winter long. And so we end up, you know, seeing eight, nine teams in the tournament, and they don't end up, you know, they're beat up at that point, so they don't end up making that huge run. But it, it makes for some very, very competitive, very entertaining football. And it seems like every year there's always that one monkey wrench game that you think you have the BWAC figured it out, <laughs> and then week six, some team falls asleep. Last year, it was almost Yale beating Crosley. Sure. Came out of left field. Yep. I guess you could say Almont, because they had I think they had lost two games. They had lost to Armada. They had lost to North Branch, and we kind of went, okay, that's it. And then they go and beat Crosley. Right. I know when you guys had your run, I'm sure people were saying you were that team for mm-hmm. a little bit. Even the teams that aren't elite, if they're the middling team, they can jump up and beat anyone on any given Friday. Yep. No doubt. Completely agree. And a lot of that goes back to the, the programs that are built. These coaches in the program 
are in the BWAC. They've been around. Uh, even newer coaches are inheriting programs that have been built, and they're able to just kind of sustain it, uh, put their own kind of wrinkle on it. But they're they're legitimate programs across the board. Well, I think uh, a program you'd like to emulate is Armada, and it started for them a couple of years ago when they beat Richmond, and we got right. that score in on a Friday night, and we're like, oh, my goodness, Armada beat Richmond. How the hell did that and happen? the first time in like 10 years. Yeah, right. but Armada hasn't really lost much since that's no, happened. No, no. That, that kind of was like the their, their introduction City. into, yeah. hey, we're good now. Yeah, yeah, and they, like you said, they, they've gone on a two-year run where it's been – it's been really good to see, and it's great. Well, you mentioned that the programs are pretty established, but kind of a new wave of coaches coming through the BWAC. There's not a lot of guys you look around that have been places 10, 15 years. I mean, I guess Lusby's the elder statesman yeah. nowadays, yeah. but Misko at Richmond, he's what, year three? Sure. New coach at Croslex, new coach at North Branch. Coach Brown at MLA City's in what, year two, year two. now? Yep. Grunman's in year three, I believe, yep. at Yale. Um, who am I missing? I think I think that's everyone. I, I, did I miss anyone? Probably. Um, There's a lot yeah. of teams. Oh, Armada. Co- coach yeah. Rowley yeah. Has, yep. been, has been, what, year three or four? Yeah. So yep. this, you're part of this like new generation of BWAC coaches. Sure. What's that been like where – I mean, when Dennis got here, he talks about every program ever had a 25-year, tenured head coach. Right. And it had been the same since Nam. And now – And they all ran the right. same thing. Right. Like you saw four plays <laughs> from both teams. Yes. And but now, it worked. Now you got – if you last 10 years at a place, you've been there a long time. Sure. But you're part of this new generation of the BWAC coaching. I, I think for as much as you name, I know it's not true across the board, but – these guys that have taken over these programs have either been a part of the, the school in the past right. or coached directly under the person that they're um, they're replacing. And so you, you kind of have, at least for me, a, a sense of direction and where you want this thing to go. Where like th- This this is going to be the way that we structure practices. This is going right. to be the, the important traditions that are associated with the school. And understanding a lot of that stuff I think goes a long way in being able to keep the program moving across that bridge into a new um, a new coaching staff. But, you know, 10 years ago, everybody lined up and played smash mouth football. Sure. Uh, it, and now it's like Elmont and North Branch, the, the weird formations mm-hmm. and guys in motion. And uh, they look like they're going to throw the ball, but they never do. Right. Uh, at Croslex, they've, the last couple of years, now I think it might change this year, but they've had the spread and the, Yale the hurry up and the running around. Grunman runs all the trick plays. Yeah, he's got – I mean, you're going to have three, four wide every time. Sure. It's not like I'm sure it was when you played where you were getting ready for 50 run plays. And right. If you got 10 passes, who you threw it a lot. Right, yeah, the arm's a little sore. You got to yeah. ice it up a little. Yeah, there's R- no doubt. Richmond had some some quarterbacks, and they threw the ball a little bit more than, than other people. Uh, when you had those good teams, nobody could stop the Stevensons. Right. I mean, it, it, it was it's it's a lot of fun, but it's not all like I, I think people who don't go and watch BWAC games just think every BWAC game is two yards in a cloud of dust. Sure. Well, some teams still play like sure. that. I think Armada still plays like that. But not everybody does. No. A lot of people are different now. And, there, and there's a lot of reasons for that. I think that. I think that with the defensive schemes that, that people have created and, and have started to use regularly, 
you have to be able to adjust a little bit. You have to be able to move the ball through the air a little. Um, I, I'm still a believer if you turn on Valley uh, Sports Detroit on on Friday and Saturday after Thanksgiving, you're going to see a bunch of teams that run the ball. Right. And in order to get through our playoff schedule in November, you've got to be able to run the ball a little bit. And, and so you got to have that, but you have to have those wrinkles along with it. you got to make sure that, that you can uh, – you, you can – do what the defense isn't really giving you. So, well, let me ask you more of a philosophical question about okay. coaching. If you're at the college level, you're at the pro level. You go and seek out guys to fit your system, sure. whatever that is. Whether sure. you want to run a spread, whether you want to run a, a wing tee, you go get guys to fill out your system. You don't have that luxury in high school. No, you get whoever comes up, and whoever's in eighth, ninth grade. That's who you get. Sure. As a coach, how do you adjust to? All right. Maybe these guys don't fit my system is great, but I still want to run it because you can't switch. All right, we're a spread team now. We're a right. pro team. How do you make those adjustments as a coach fitting the personnel to your scheme? I think it's a blending of the two. Um, I believe and um, I believe that you t- you take the talents that you have and you make your system fit to that. You don't you don't change the system. I believe in an identity. I believe in that's who you are, but. Within who you are, there's a lot of options. Right. And uh, um, when Coach Barnhart got here, we we are a small team, and we you know uh, prior to that, uh, Coach TD ran the the I for uh, ten years, and for a while, our, our that system worked. We were two thirty across the board on the offensive line, and somewhere along that time, we lost about forty pounds on the <laughs> offensive line. And so when he brought in this this triple option system, it, it seemed to fit our guys. We were at that time, we had won the track regional three years in a row. You know, we, we need to utilize that speed. Right. And so um, with the Veer system, and that's that's kind of where we're at, um, there, there's so many ways to, to evolve that and make that work for the talent that you have. For a while, we had an all-state split end. We used them. There, there's mm-hmm. no doubt about it. We had, uh, we had an all-conference running back, a halfback. We were able to get him the ball when we needed to do that. And, you know, the same thing with our fullback in the backfield when we had uh, Jack Jewell there. Uh, it was we'd be foolish not to hand him the ball 20 times in the second half and, and let him pick up 10 of carry. Yeah, you know, it's interesting because we've, we've talked to a coach in recent years, and he's had a pretty good defense. Right. Uh, and he said that the one that drives him crazy is trying to stop the veer. Right. Sure. Because there's yeah. so many moving parts. There are. There's, it, if you can run it well offensively, it's high risk, high reward. Because if you're not all on the same page, it looks pretty bad. Sure. But when it's when it's clicking, it's a thing of beauty. Sure. And when Coach Barnhart got the job, he interviewed everybody that was kind of around and potentially going to coach. And I remember to this day, I sat in a room with him, and he kind of explained, you know, what he believed in, what he did. And the one comment that stuck out is he said, you know, a lot of teams run option. Mm-hmm. It's it's a good play, but you don't run some option. It, right. it's either that is your deal or it's not. You can try and you can run it and you're going to have some success with it. But in order to truly do that, it's got to be something that is that that's who you are. And we, we mesh option. I'm not exaggerating. In any given practice, we'll mesh option 100, 150 times. We're reading it. We're doing different drills. Our quarterbacks, our fullbacks, our have they are completely ready to do that. And our offensive line, they're based based on the kind of the the veer mentality. It, it doesn't look a lot like college and professional football. And a lot of kids, you know, aren't we supposed to do this? Well, yeah, if you were 275 pounds, and that's <laughs> right. absolutely what you do. But that's not who you are, and that's not who we are. 
Seminary ran it really well last right. year against Mooney in week two. Get your hands on, on that game tape sure. if you want to see it <laughs> <Sure>. done right. <laughs> um, all right. So, talking to you, obviously, you're not considering a victory that you put pads on and play a season. That's not – I mean, it's great that you're back, but you have bigger aspirations. Yes. What are the goals of Algonac football this year, and what is the identity of the 2023 Algonac Muskrats going to be? It's a great question. Um our goal last year, and we, we really believe this, was to make sure that we retain players. We wanted to create an experience that allowed players to, to, to have fun, still learn the game, learn the, the, the values of life. I, I'm a firm believer that, that football is a game. It, right. it really, truly is. And um, I, I treat football like I treat go fish with my kids. Like <laughs> it's, it's cutthroat in the, the Matska household. And, and I want it to be that on the football field for us, but understanding that at the end of the day, it is just a game and, and having fun. And so as we transition into this year, now that we have our teams back, kids start to believe that that's not just tongue in cheek. It's not right. something that we're just saying. We truly believe that we want to mix in competition with fun. And at the end of the day, um, I, I, I truly believe I, you know, I, I can't predict 10 years from now, but I'm hoping at the end of every year, my number one goal is I want to make sure we're getting those guys back. Mm -hmm. I think, I, I think our contract with these kids is a, is a six, seven year deal where, you know, uh, you work with the youth, you get them to know who you are. Uh, and by the time they end up juniors and seniors, you've, you've now finished the deal and, uh, we get them for that full time. So, um, outside of the wins and losses and all that stuff, um, it, it's retaining kids. It's allowing them the opportunity to have fun, to learn life lessons, and then to understand their roots, understand that they're always welcome back in, in uh, Truman Pipple Field, that, you know, we, we are the swamp. We've kind of created that, that uh, mantra for our program. And uh, we love to have them. We want them talking to our kids. We want them in the stands and, and know where they, they come from. All right. Did we miss anything? Is there anything else you have to get in here? Any other players, any coaches that have helped you or yeah. anything else that we should know? You know, one I wanted to mention who's had a really, really good summer for us, and, you know, as I was going through, guys, and that's Evan Sadler. Um, Evan Sadler is one of our more vocal leaders. We have mm -hmm. we have a lot of head down, you know, nose to the ground type right. of guys. But uh, Evan Sadler's done a really good job as well. Um, he's always got speed. He, yeah, absolutely. He caught for the, the, the baseball team this past year. Um, he's going to be playing some safety for us, some halfback, really physical kid. So I wanted to make sure I mentioned him. And, that, you know, there's a list a mile long of guys right. that you have an allegiance to. So um, I could probably mention everybody. But um, other than that, I just – I'm really excited. I'm, I'm really appreciative of the support that we've had throughout the community. And uh, it, this the, this game on, on the 31st is going to be for the whole community. Well, uh, Coach – Thank you so much for coming in, and we really hope that in, in a month or so we're talking about Algonac Muskrats being one of the stories, not just of the area, but of the state coming back and having a lot of success. Yeah, we really appreciate that. All right, yeah, it's good to have Algonac football uh, back, and thanks for coming on the show. All right, well, thank you for having me. From Port Huron to Marysville and St. Clair to Marine City, the Blue Water Area is Stuck on Sports.